So I gotta tell you, about a month and a half ago or so when James Lindsay blocked me on Twitter because I dared to criticize the Moms for Liberty. Or is it Mills for Liberty? No, it's Moms for Liberty. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Well, I dared to criticize them for many, 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 many reasons. And James Lindsay just couldn't abide by that, darling. And so that is just a step too far. The MILFs are above all criticism, according to him. He blocked me on Twitter. And I got to tell you, I was sad at first. Not necessarily because I actually follow James Lindsay's content, because truth be told, I really haven't for like three years. Everything I know about what James Lindsay is saying, I hear from other people. I don't listen to his stuff. I don't interact with his stuff. The only reason I'm honestly even talking about this is people talk about him to me all of the time. Now, it's not that I don't have respect for what James Lindsay has done. I do. I dedicated the entire last chapter of my book to him, and I don't take any of that back. I stand by it because my point with that chapter and my point now that I think is incontrovertibly true, if everyone that was against the woke stuff fought like James Lindsay does, we wouldn't have a problem. I have no issue with his work ethic. I think what he's done is admirable. I think that he he was a hero of mine for a while. He really was. And then he kind of went crazy, which I think really started like several years back. And I had already kind of stopped paying attention to him at that point. And it just kind of spiraled from there. But I was still sad when he blocked me because to me it was like I knew he had been off the rails for like a while and I'd always defended him and I'd always deferred to him. And every time someone said something like, Carlin, isn't James Lindsay going crazy? I would really try to like my very best to be diplomatic and to not undercut him because again, like he he's the king, man. I do have a lot of respect. But when he blocked me on Twitter, it was just an absolute sign to me that... He's not serious about this. I think he's serious from the perspective of he is personally obsessed with the topic. I think this is something he's done all day, every day for a really long time. It's hard to walk away from that type of obsession. I understand that type of obsession because I feel like I have the same thing. And so I understand it. So I think he does care about it from a perspective of, to be blunt, what gets him off. And I think this gets him off. And I think the social media attention gets him off. And I think all of the fanfare and this and that gets him off. Now, is there anything wrong with that? No. No, there's not. There's really not. I don't have, you know, people sometimes when I talk less than favorably about him, they'll think I'm jealous. I'm really not. Like, I don't want to do what James Lindsay is doing. I don't want to do what Christopher Rufo's doing. I thank God every day that those two are doing what they're doing because, and I've thought about this a lot with Rufo, sidebar, I've thought about this a lot in regards to Rufo because if Rufo hadn't stepped up and done what he did to step into the role that he's in, I think I might have tried and I think I would have been miserable because it's just not what I'm good at. It's what he's good at. And so I I actually have been very grateful for, for him to be in that role. We'll talk about him another day. I have nothing bad to say about him. But I'm not jealous of these people. They have bigger platforms than me, and that that in some respects would be nice. But if I had a larger platform, and I've already got a pretty decent one in this space, but if I had a larger one, I wouldn't be able to get away with the things I get away with. 
And so it really is a question to me about whether or not it is a good idea to grow significantly beyond where I am now. Not that I wouldn't like to from a perspective of reaching people, but from a perspective of like, would I still be able to do the types of things that I'm doing and kind of fly under the radar because it benefits me to fly under the radar. I go undercover. If everyone knew who I was and they were pointing at me like they pointed Chris Rufo, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. So anyway, different topic for a different day. I've already gotten off track twice. It, it was sad for me when James Lindsay blocked me because he was one of the last people that I thought really could have a significant impact in what's going on. But if he doesn't actually care about winning and he wants to block someone that's doing what I'm doing, and he absolutely knows what I'm doing. If he doesn't, he has been grossly irresponsible, if I'm honest about it. But here, here is my litmus test for whether or not I know someone is serious about fighting back against the left. They look at what I'm doing and see value in it. Now, that might sound egotistical, but I really think and I know I'm going to sound like a narcissist when I say this, and I don't really care because I do think it's true. I really think I am one of the only people, if not the only person in the world, tackling the subject matter of the far left takeover of our institutions and our culture in the way that I am, based on tracking real world activists, teaching normal people how to understand the language so they can see them infiltrate into the organizations in real time as it's happening, using real leftist trainings to teach people what the left is doing, doing qualitative analysis and forensic linguistics on all of the different patterns that are going on on the far left to drill them down and create frameworks to help average people see the patterns and what they're doing. I am the only person that I know of in the world doing this right now. That's not to say there aren't other people doing other things that that kind of like that maybe overlap slightly with what I'm doing. You can look at someone like uh, Lily Tang Williams or Z, uh, Z Van Fleet or people like that. They're certainly doing components of this where they're trying to take real world examples. They're really they're going out there. They're doing stuff. I don't mean what I'm saying about myself to take anything away from people who somewhat overlap with what I do. But the core of what I do actively tracking the far left in a way where we can see their strategies bubbling up in real time. The real world stuff, the stuff that they are doing, not the stuff they're writing about in academic journals, the stuff they're doing. We can see that bubble up in real time and we know how to analyze it and we know how to spot it even before it becomes a big thing. I'm sorry, maybe I'm crazy and comment and let me know if you think I am. But if someone doesn't look at what I'm doing and say, that's pretty valuable, then I have to look at that person and say, I don't know what crack you're smoking, man, but if you aren't going to deal with the situation happening in the real world, not some esoteric academic journal read by three people, if you, if you aren't going to deal with something in the real world, then what are we even doing here? Why are we even bothering? That's how I feel about it. And there are a lot of people, big name people, that you would know who respect what I'm doing and follow what I'm doing and are on my email list and read all the, all of the messages and I send them DMs and sometimes they post them and sometimes they don't because that's just the way it goes. 
There are a lot of big name people who know what I'm doing and respect it. They don't always elevate my content in the way that I wish they would. And that would be very nice, especially the the journalism that no one else is doing would be nice. But there are a lot of news stories in the world. Not everyone's paying attention to everything. Fine. But they still follow it and they value it. And they ask me questions in private. And I try to advise them in the best way I can. And those people I have no issue with. You will never hear me say those people don't really care about winning. Because I may not be everyone's cup of tea. I certainly do not have a tone that everyone finds agreeable. But you don't have to be best friends with someone in order to value what they're doing. That's just reality. There are a lot of people on the internet I don't like. There are a lot of people on the internet that I would not hang out with on a personal basis or be friends with or go out to the bar with or any of those things. There are a lot of people on the internet that I wouldn't tell my secrets to. They're completely untrustworthy. But can I look at what they're doing and say, I respect that. I, I get that. I don't agree with everything, but I respect that. Yeah, I can. And I don't understand people who refuse to do that. So going back again to the topic, because we keep getting off track. I was sad when James Lindsay blocked me because it just seemed like the end of an era for me. And then I kind of realized, I was like, well, that's really okay that he blocked you, Carlin, because your work has surpassed his anyway. Again, I don't mean to sound like a narcissist, but I really believe I am years ahead of where James Lindsay is in regards to the cultural revolution in the United States. And I don't care that he wrote a book about it because he wrote that book years ago. And in between then and now, we are in a completely different thing and he has not kept up. And I don't say this to be mean. I really don't. But this is kind of what brought me to like, you know what? This is awesome that he's blocked me. This is awesome because I don't have to cover for him anymore. I don't have to cover for him. Every time someone comes and complains to me about him, I can say what I actually think instead of being like, oh, just let it go. Like, whatever. James is being James. Like, I can actually say what I think now. And what I think is that my work is far superior to James Lindsay's for five specific reasons. And I'm going to tell you more about what I think those reasons are in the paid premium member version of the Inner Circle podcast. Guys, welcome to the Inner Circle. This is my supporter-only podcast where I give you a little bit of a free preview of what I'm going to talk about, and then I keep on going with more information in the premium section. If you want to get access to that, head over to my substack, Carlin, K-A-R-L-Y-N dot substack dot com. Sign up as a supporter for $8 a month or 80 bucks a year. And when you do that, you'll get access to a variety of perks to include the Inner Circle podcast. You can find your special supporter link over on the Substack, and I will see you on the other side to talk about all the reasons that I think my work is far superior to James Lindsay's. See you then.